Chapter Six of the Story of Geronimo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlech. The Story of Geronimo by Jim Cajilgard. Chapter Six revenge all fires in the camp near the bavisti river had been extinguished before sundown naichi the young tall courageous son of cochise sat in the darkness with geronimo geronimo spoke an autumn a winter and a spring have been born and died since mangus colorado sent me as his spokesman to ask the help of the chiricahuas and the nedney i well remember your visit naichi said when you spoke your words were fire that burned into my very heart as i listened i knew that if no other Chiricahua would follow you to Mexico and help avenge the massacre of your people, Naichi would. Soon the battle, Geronimo said. Soon the battle, Naichi echoed. And at last I shall know. What shall you know? Why so mighty a warrior as Geronimo, who owns many fine rifles, goes to fight mexicans armed with a shotgun a pouch of beads a knife and a lance geronimo stared moodily into the darkness since fleeing from the encampment he had lived only to go back to kaskaya but much time had been needed to plan an expedition large enough to attack the rurales there new weapons had been fashioned Countless messages had been exchanged by Mangus Coloradus, Cochise, and Woa, the three chiefs. The women and children of all three tribes had been taken to mountain retreats whose only approaches consisted of narrow canyons that a few warriors might defend. Then those retreats had been stocked with ample provisions and fuel. Planning the campaign had been no easy task every warrior burned to go into mexico and fight the rurales nobody wanted to stay home to guard the women and children nor would any warrior serve under any leader except his own chief finally each of the three leaders had chosen his picked men mangus coloradus included among his warriors all who had been at Kaskaya now with two hundred and fifty braves under cochise two hundred under mangus coloradus and a hundred and fifty led by woa they were well into mexico each of the three divisions kept apart from the others but not so far apart that they would be unable to join forces when it was time for a battle Naichi preferred to travel with the Membrino Apaches rather than with the Chiricahuas, led by his father, Cochise. This was because of his great liking for Geronimo. Geronimo said finally, I took the beads from the Mexicans. Now I return them. That is only justice. Only justice, Naichi agreed. An owl hooted three times, and Naichi said, 
the signal a scout returns geronimo said come they rose and made their way to the camp of mangus coloradus a short time later dressed as a mexican and driving a burro pedro gonzalez loomed up in the darkness he had been to mexico in advance of the warriors to gather such information as he could mangus coloradus rose to meet him what saw you he asked i saw rurales pedro said i even talked with them since they thought me a mexican they are two companies of foot soldiers and two companies of horse soldiers among them are those who attacked us at Kaskaya, but they are not now at Kaskaya. They are at Arispe, in the Mexican state of Sonora, and to the west of Kaskaya. Geronimo blurted, Then we go to Arispe. To Arispe, Naichi echoed. Mangus Coloradus asked haughtily, Do warriors decide where the battle shall be fought? I will fight the Ruralas who killed my wife, my mother, and my children, Geronimo said stubbornly. If we must attack the people of Kaskaya, that may come afterwards. Naichi growled, I fight beside my friend. We will all go to Arispe. Mangus Coloradus said, We will start at once for in truth we must fight the Ruralas who massacred our people. I shall tell Cochise, Naichi said. Mangus Colorado said, Ask Cochise to inform Woa. Tell both that we join forces before Arispe. I shall inform Woa, Naichi promised. Naichi disappeared in the darkness. The word spread like wind-driven wildfire and warriors prepared to march. Nobody was mounted. Even with almost a year to make ready, there had not been enough time to capture war horses for everyone. Besides, so great a number of horsemen would be far easier to detect than foot soldiers, so nobody rode. Geronimo felt in the darkness to make sure his knife was at his belt. In turn, he fingered his powder horn the pouch of beads, his parcel of jerked meat, and his parcel of parched corn. He hung over his shoulder the blanket that served him as bed by night and clothing by day. Like all the rest of the warriors, he was going into a battle wearing as little clothing as possible, and the blanket would be flung aside when the fight started. Taking his lance in his left hand, Geronimo carried his shotgun in his right hand. Mangus Coloradus said, Lead on. Geronimo strode into the darkness, partly because he knew Mexico so well, and partly because of his marvelous sense of direction. He had been appointed guide for the entire expedition. In the late afternoon of the third day following, they came before the walled town of Arispe. They halted in a wood some five hundred yards from the town, and Geronimo's heart leaped as he stood beside Naichi. Again, in imagination, he saw his mother, his wife, his murdered children. A great joy rose within him at the knowledge that, 
Only a short distance away, their murderers awaited. The Apaches had come upon Arispe so stealthily that the Ruralis couldn't possibly have fled. A battle was assured. But their presence must be known soon, and when they were discovered they could expect action from Arispe. The sun was sinking when Naichi said, They come. Eight townsmen bearing a white flag of truce left the walled town and walked towards the trees. Geronimo could not help admiring them. Eight Mexicans who approached any number of Apaches must be courageous. What would you do with them, brother? Naichi asked, stepping closer to Geronimo. Hold them prisoner and force the Ruralis to come out to attempt a rescue, replied Geronimo. Thus we may be sure of a battle. Their flag says they come to talk. It is not honorable to capture them. The Ruralis who slew our women and children at Kaskaya were less than honorable too, Geronimo said grimly. That is true, but whether we capture or parley is for the chiefs to say. Let us hear. They made their way to where Mangus, Coloradus, Cochise, and Woa awaited the eight townsmen. No Apache stirred until the Mexicans were so near the woods that there was no possible chance of their running back into Arispe. Then Mangus Coloradus ordered, Capture them so the Ruralis must try a rescue. Geronimo and Naichi remained with the chiefs, for they scorned to fight townsmen. But other warriors ran forward. The Mexicans halted and grouped together, each man with his back against the companions. Pedro Gonzalez, one of those attempting the capture, said in Spanish, Submit and you will not be hurt. You come to kill, a Mexican snarled, and eight hands flew to knives. The encircling warriors drew their own knives. Near-naked Apaches ringed the Mexicans, and it was over. Pedro Gonzalez came to the chiefs. We would have captured them, but they chose to fight, he said. It is no matter, Cochise shrugged. The Ruralis will come now for revenge. The next morning some of the soldier police did come. Twenty horsemen galloped towards the woods where the Apaches were hiding, fired wildly into them, and retreated without hurting anyone. That evening the Apaches captured a Mexican supply train whose leaders knew nothing of the powerful war party concealed near the town. Besides a store of food, the Apaches took many guns and much ammunition. At ten o'clock the next morning, the Ruralis came in force. Two companies of infantry in battle formation advanced towards the woods where the Apaches were still hidden. Two of cavalry were held in reserve just outside the town walls. Lying near the chiefs, with Naichi on one side and Nagizdi on the other, Geronimo poured powder into the cavernous muzzle of his shotgun. He emptied the pouch of beads on top of it, tamped them in with cloth, and primed the gun. Naichi grinned, understanding at last. Najizi exclaimed, 
there are the murderers of Kaskaya. So, Mangus Colorado said calmly, What think you, Cochise? What think you, Woa? These enemies slew Geronimo's mother. They slew his wife. They slew his children. Should Geronimo lead the first attack? It is well, Cochise murmured. It is just, Woa agreed. Geronimo turned to Naichi. Take fifty warriors and go unseen into that strip of woods we see from here. Wait until the enemies are past and we have attacked. Then charge them from the rear. I go, brother, Naichi said grimly. Good hunting. When the Ruralas were four hundred yards away, they stopped to fire. Those in front kneeled so that those behind could shoot over their heads. Keeping his men hidden, Geronimo noticed that every weapon was discharged. The Ruralis fired a second volley from two hundred yards and, as before, every weapon was emptied. Now, before they could reload, was the time to take them. Shotgun in one hand, lance in the other, Geronimo sounded the Apache war whoop and raced out of the woods towards the enemy. The Mexicans worked desperately with their guns, but fewer than half reloaded in time. The remainder drew sabers and awaited the attack. When only fifty feet separated Geronimo from the Mexicans, he leveled his shotgun, cocked it, and fired. The weapon spewed its glass beads forth, and half a dozen Mexicans fell. Flinging the now useless shotgun from him, Geronimo leveled his lance and raced on. He saw Naichi and his warriors swarm out of the woods to attack from the rear. At the same time, he saw the Mexican cavalry charge to the aid of their hard-pressed comrades. An officer, saber-raised, rose straight at Geronimo, determined to ride him down. Geronimo sidestepped, thrust with his lance, brought the officer out of his saddle, and lost his lance in doing so. Armed with only a knife, he awaited the next horseman. He dodged beneath the soldier's saber, caught the arm that wielded it, and pulled the rurale from his saddle. They rolled in a desperate struggle for the saber until a stray bullet, ricocheting across the battlefield, buried itself in the rurale's brain, and he went limp. Geronimo leaped to his feet, grabbed the saber, and went on fighting with it until he took another lance from a dead Apache. Before sunset, the battered remains of the Ruralis were trembling behind Arispe's walls. There would be wailing soon in some of the lodges of the Membrino, the Nedni, and the Cherikoawas. But for every Membrino who had been slaughtered in the massacre of Koskaya, and for every warrior who had died before Arispe, two Ruralis lay dead on the field of battle. End of chapter 6